Okay. Spark 153. The distinction is there is no learning step during gremlin feeding. I want to, I don't know if it's really said in the spark. I want to really start by saying, especially for most of us who've been born and raised in a culture where the Catholic church has the Catholic, or the, let's say, the church, not just the Catholic church, the church thoughtware has been moved into the cultural thoughtware. So for example, even in France where it's, I was, I was born and raised in, um, French people are very proud that um, the church and the states are very separate compared to other countries. And, and then I, I really thought I, I was born in a country where that was separate and then, and then realized later on that the church thoughtware had moved into actually the cultural collective thoughtware. And, and part of that thoughtware is this distinction, they use the distinction between right and wrong and good and bad. And so it is so uh, instinctive for us to, for example, looking at the world, work or the world or the, uh, the context of possibility management and dividing things into right and wrong. So underworld is bad, upper world is good. Gremlin is bad and, and, and being is good or unconscious is bad and consciousness is good and, and or right. And so, and it doesn't actually, so the, the invitation is to cut our, yourself when you start making this distinction, using this distinction with on top of the distinction of possibility management, like gremlin being and underworld and upper world and middle world or ordinary and extraordinary or archetypal. So the distinction here is, is not gremlin feeding is bad. That's not the distinction. The distinction is there is no learning step during gremlin feeding. And that's it. That's, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a neutral distinction. It's a neutral distinction. Okay, I'm reading, I'm going to start reading the notes. We all have parts. You can see this when someone's mobile phone rings and you know, you're sitting across from somebody in a cafe or at a party or in a restaurant and their mobile phone rings. If the caller is, for example, their mother or their boss or maybe their child or the police, they immediately shift into a different identity. Their whole personality change, their posture, the tone of their voice, even maybe the hand gesture, the facial expression, the, it could also be the emotion, the attitude, the speech pattern, the vocabulary, originate, all of that originate in the personality they use with the caller. And as soon as they hang up, and they, it is sort of this, they spin around, but not energetically, they spin around and whoosh, and they shift completely back into the identity that they used to interact with you. So if your friend did not detect their own personality, you know, or let me ask you, so have you ever experienced that in friends or partner? Have you ever experienced shift of identity? Yeah. 
So those, those is just information that we have different parts. And, and the question is, if your friend do not detect their own personality shifts, guess who else shifts identity? And, and it's, we have such this amazing mechanism inside of us to um, gloss, like gloss over or, or, or smooth over those different identity that we, if we don't pay attention, then we shift from one identity to the next and we're, we, we still use, but it's me. But what are you talking about? It's me. It's, it's all me. Okay, so that's right. You shift identity too. And one of the most significant shift is when your gremlin takes over. The term gremlin was invented during World War I when English soldiers and air pilot attributed missing tools and inexplicable mechanical failures to a mischievous creature they name gremlin. And then eventually also uh, Steven Spielberg made the movie, two movies actually called Gremlins. How many people have seen that movie? The Gremlins movie. Okay, this is homework. This is, this is serious possibility manager homework to see. Actually, the, I think there's maybe three of them. Is there two or three? I don't know. Anyway, see them all about, because it's, it, he captures so well the, the, I mean, in a way, the insanity, and it's not that it's bad, but the mischievousness, the evilness, the I don't give a fuckness of this part of us that is called gremlin. And we have so, and in that movie, it's distinguish. When in, in all the other movies, most movies are mostly gremlin. It's mostly gremlin uh, at work in terms of politics, of trading, of uh, love relationships in the movies, all of that. It's mostly all gremlin, but people think that's life. The, the directors, the, the watchers, the actors think that's life. Whereas in the Steven Spielberg, it's like so clear, okay, those creatures, those creatures are there. Yeah, Tatiana. Um, this movie and the, the Gremlin movies are really fun to watch. So, <laughs> um, and I have another recommendation. I watched this movie, Green Book. Yes. And Frozen, or we can do you hear, hear you. me? Yes. Do you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the others are frozen to me. So in this movie, Green Book, it's also from the PM movie list. Um, there's one character, he always goes into Gremlin and acts out this Gremlin part. And I find it also easy to see in this movie. And it's also, it's a really nice movie. So just a recommendation. Can you say which to, character is that? Um, the, it's the, the driver, the, the Italian guy. There's a driver and, a, and there's a, a very, uh, <laughs> it's a complicated, it's, it's easy, but my English is, I don't know, still in the 
in the bed, I guess. <laughs> okay, yeah. we got it. It's the dri the driver. So anyway. it's called Green Book, and it's really a nice movie. And you see the gremlin coming out of this one figure very easy. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So then, in possibility management, we use the term gremlin to identify that part in each of us which unconsciously serves shadow principles as king or queen of your of our of your personal underworld so your gremlin is whether it's a male it would be a king and if it's a female uh, energy it would it's a queen of your underworld and it and it has control over all the creatures all the ecology all the it's like a zoo you know our, our underworld is, is a zoo so it's not just just a gremlin the gremlin has control over all those little creatures big and small more or less evil more or less victimy more or less persecutor more or less savior of our underworld and it's so it's also great i'm sort of saying i'm adding that part it's it's great to know those identities and so it, you can have a a, a a page at the back of your beat book that's called my identities and you give names to um for example this morning i realized that i have this groundling part which is one of the creature in my underworld that feel un, unappreciated and it's and it has this spin of you know if i wasn't doing it then then this wouldn't exist and and you you can never appreciate me enough for me having created that so there's this part of megalomania and un, unappreciation and i i can because i've worked on my gremlin i i have this I can feel the energy. It's an experiential distinction of this energy is gremlin and it's insatiable. Okay, I will never actually have enough appreciation to feed, to, to, yeah, to satisfy, to uh, fill that part of my gremlin. So it's just about clarity. Oh, okay, this is my gremlin and I don't have to put that part in the driver's seat. But it's only if I'm aware that that is gremlin with that experience, then I can choose to say, okay, I can choose something else. So that would, that's, um, that is one of the work to start to know your gremlin or know your underworld is this noticing the sensation. It's a particular sensation. Does anybody know the sensation I'm talking about? The, the gremlin experience when it's this okay so that's your alarm that's your alarm bell when that sensation comes okay and and then you can start noticing okay which part which identity of my gremlin is it is it the megalomaniac unappreciated one is it uh the my little girl um uh, manipulative or the the sexy um, sexy sweet you know this is more like feminine ones or um, 
the, the, yeah, the, I don't know, a masculine, maybe a masculine would be this superiority or um, I, I better knowing, being right, all of those like gremlin parts. Yeah, Tatiana. So question all the underworld low drama parts are what you are talking about then. Okay. It is so the way I I it is all the all the parts of your underworld create low drama to feed the gremlin. To feed the king and queen of the kingdom queendom so it's, yeah. it's food okay thank you yeah okay so it is important to remember that gremlin is not bad it simply it simply behaves irresponsibly Gremlin is the active part of our survival box. So I want to explain that a little bit is there is this, our box, which is our comfort zone, our survival strategy that we've built mostly during our childhood, but it also contains old decisions from past life. And anyway, but let's say to make it simple, it's the survival strategy that we've built during our childhood to survive the best we could figure it out in the environment that was given. And so just if some people here are parents or will become parents, it seems like it is, there's this, um, I think as a parent, there's this possibly this idea of how do I create an environment where my child does not have to build a box. And if I don't, I can't do that, then probably I'm a bad parent because I created an environment where my child had to be in survival. And what it seems like to me is that would come from the idea that the box is wrong or the box is bad. And actually the invitation is we actually do need a box because we do need problems to grow against for friction. We need problems so we we have in english it's called a jungle gym it's those um in the playground you know things that kids grow um uh, climb onto okay so children needs problem as jungle gym for their own evolution and when we are 18 we are ready to shift the purpose of this box from keeping us in this cocoon and this survival to use it as one of our problem with which we keep working on our entire life to go to the next level of consciousness or evolution or responsibility. And that, that is the shift that could happen if in the culture, and for example, in the next culture, it, it is like that, that from the childhood is preparation, is mainly preparation for initiation. So during the childhood, a box is made. And then when the child is 15, 16, 17, 18, um, depending on when they're ready, 
then then they would go through initiation and shift the box from being a um, constricting box to a toolbox. So even you, even any person right now can shift their um, relationship to their box. You can right now shift your relationship to your box. And when you, you come against your box, you'll, you'll, if you keep doing this work, it, it all, it's all about going to the edge and meeting the edge of your box. When we say the edge, it is the edge of your box. And when you meet the edge, it's like, oh, great. You know, yes, it's scary. Yes, there's sadness and anger and fear and sometimes mixed emotion. But as the relationship of your box has changed, it's like, okay, I'm, this is my next step. This is my next step of evolution. And so, okay. So this is, but the box has sort of a form of passiveness. The box is a, a mechanical, robotic, you push a button and the box reacts and it's always the same. It, it is like a washing machine. You push the button start and the washing machine starts. So the, our, every one of our box is like that. Push the button and then it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know, depending on the survival strategy, I want to be right or I'm always wrong or anyway, I'm too small to do this or whatever. And this just the same button being pushed over and over again. But the thing that protects the box from not changing because a box thinks if, if it survives, the box thinking is if I survive, then the thing inside of the box will survive. But if I die, then the thing inside will die, which the thing inside is us. It's our being or our, some, our shape, our, I would say our being. Yeah, Ingrid. I have a question. Yeah. Sometimes um, I try simply to do something different so that the, the box is not doing its uh, usual program. And uh, when I do that, um, later I, I realize, okay, I did something new and this is uh, enlarging my, my, my behavior. But at the same time, sometimes I, uh, I can observe that nevertheless, the gremlin find a way to, 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 to be in the, in the experimental new behavior too. Um, uh, so, so there is nevertheless learning, uh, or, uh, yes. Um, so, so uh, what I want to say is, sometimes I, f I, I, I feel really confused and angry and sad a little bit because I try something new, and nevertheless, I, I find out there is again gremlin. Uh, and this uh, comes out of, of right and wrong thinking. Yes, I, I can observe that. Um, my question about that, so, so uh, I could shift, I, I have the possibility to shift to say, oh, okay, I did an experience and I observe there is a part maybe, it's a, a sort of enmeshment. I did something new, so there is a part not gremlining, I find out, but also a part uh, gremlining, I find out. Um, 
Can you say what is the gremlin part that you find? Can you give an example? Um, yeah, yeah. For example, uh, well, before yesterday, I had a meeting, and um, uh, there was something which triggered me. And I, you, my usual gremlin uh, box strategy would be say say nothing, let it go, and later I'm frustrated. So I said something, and um, uh, I. Uh, yeah, I realized later that um, I was the happy. I was really happy um, that I said something because I noticed it was really so important to me um, uh, the the subject what, what, uh, why I I was fighting for. Uh, but um, the way I did it. I was, there was emotional reaction. And uh, so there were not sensation, but uh, yeah, not feelings. It was an emotion. And I, yeah, that, that for this emotion, I felt, oh, the, there is some gremlin in there. Nevertheless, I was happy that I did it. But I was also sad that <laughs> gremlin was there. <laughs> What it seems to me is, so I just want to explain about this. So when, when it says the gremlin is the active part of the box is a gremlin is the one that acts that will do anything for that mechanism of the box to stay the same. So the gremlin is the one that attacks or plays victim or plays prosecutor or rescue. This is all gremlin in order to protect the box. And the, if you, as, as you change your relationship to the box, you can also change the diet or your relationship to your gremlin. And I think there's probably, they go together in terms of your box can become this toolbox onto which you get the next problem and the next evolution, which is what you were faced with, Ingrid, in terms of, your box would have said, shut up, stay small, don't say anything, and then you're resentful and, and for the whatever. Okay, so that's, let's say, channel one of your gremlin. And you've been used, you, I see you, Stephanie, I want to answer Ingrid and then I'll, uh, um, this is channel one of your gremlin. And probably you're discovering then now channel two. So for, I, I'm just going to keep reading because it, the next part is about that. And probably you have channel one and um, channel two uh, in, inverted. Okay. So gremlin is the active part of our survival box. Implementing channel one, defense behaviors such as being arrogant, righteous, vengeful, or cynical. And if channel one does not work, then gremlin implements channel two often with some form of withdrawal, shunning, self-isolation, de depression, or running away, or vice versa. So you have it vice versa, okay? So probably you've been really used to channel one of this self-isolation. Ah, oh, you're discovering channel two, you know, being arrogant or righteous or being emotional or whatever. Okay, well, that, that is a form of expansion in terms of you discovering that you have a channel two. Okay, there's also a lot of other things. Cool. Thank you. Stephanie. 
Yeah, I just had a question about some, like, for me, it's not clear the distinction uh, now between between box and gremlin, because till now I thought the box is like a dead concept. It's basically not alive, kind of. It's just like a framework. And the gremlin is what we call the alive thing. So the gremlin would be speaking or it would be acting or it would be like defending the concept of the box. But now I heard you saying a couple of times like the box would say or the box would think or the box would do. So that's when I got confused a bit if because to now I thought that the box is dead kind of and the gremlin is the acting part. Mm. So the box is dead and has still triggers thoughts and triggers uh, also emotions. It, it tri it's more it's a triggering mechanism and Let's see. It seems to me from my own research is that the box has this, as you say, dead part in terms of not that it doesn't say anything, but it is over and over and over again, the same thing said or thought or the same voices, the same, it's a button. So if you are around children or um, have children, they just love pu pushing their parents' button, you know, because they push one, half an hour later, they can push the same, and the parents have the same reaction. And, but that's, okay, that would be the child's gremlin loving to pushing the buttons. And the, 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 the box would react, and, and... Yeah, I, now that you asked me this question, I think I... The, I think the box, well, let me see, the box has the reaction, so it triggers something, and then the gremlin on top of that will destroy whatever is trying to trigger the box. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a, a continuation. I think they're sort of, they roll into one another. Does that? Yeah, okay, thank help? you. Yeah, we'll let yeah. this think in as uh, sink in <laughs> and think about it and uh, yeah 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 the box is more uh, robotic dead and the gremlin has this energy this 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 spin it has this particular energy so it's it's an experiential distinction about I'm having a box reaction or in, at which point my gremlin is trying to 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 kill anybody who would trigger a box reaction mm -hmm. yeah Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Mm. Yeah, go go ahead. I want to say that my, my gremlin blood is a master in making things very complicated and talking for days and weeks and years about the distinction between gremlin and box. And <laughs> for me this to make that very clear in the head is a little bit of bullshit because I know that it keeps me away from from looking at the real interesting points. Yeah, I want just want to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I keep reading. Before adulthood initiation, your gremlin owns you. Since modern culture does not provide adulthood initiation, many, many modern culture men and women hold positions of authority and power 
and are still owned by the gremlin. This explains a lot about modern culture. Being owned by your gremlin means that when gremlin gets hungry, it takes over your life and uses it, uses your life for sneaking, blaming, deceiving, uh, being aggressive, and etc. There's a long, long list of shadow principles that your gremlin can, uh, can serve or, or does serve. Gremlins start with identity theft, so stealing your identity. You suddenly, when gremlins so steal your identity, you suddenly perceive, feel, choose, and act all from within your own gremlin frame. While thinking this perceptive is true or right or the only possible reference frame for you. The I, quote unquote, at the center of your world has become a different I than it was just a moment before the gremlin got, got hold of the, the steering wheel. So a hungry, I just want to say that it is possible to assume or consider that before being initiated, maybe 90%, maybe 95% of our lives is spent in box gremlin being in charge. And that sometimes we have little moments where by accident, accident we, the circumstances makes it that um, the abundance or the, the living part of us comes, comes through or comes forth. And having that realization, I mean, I remember, I remember very well in an expand the box, maybe my, sec, my first or second expand the box where I realized that, that most of my life has been only run by box and gremlin. And, and I could feel my gremlin being like, no, but what about this? And no, but what about this? And none of the usual excuse or the usual thinking pattern worked. And I, and I got this image of, okay, there is no way for me to run. There's nowhere for me to run. I, I cannot run anymore from this realization that my gremlin is mostly running my life. And I got reminded of that because we did a, an archaearchy experiment, a men and women conversation, archetypal conversation on Thursday. And one of the men after the space wrote in the WhatsApp group said, I hang up the group and I try to distract myself. And I realized that I, I couldn't distract myself. Distracting myself wouldn't work. Believing that I'm right wouldn't work. Being righteous wouldn't work. And I had nowhere to run. You know, it's sort of, I, I went there and there I was, meaning the gremlin. You know, I went there and my gremlin was there. And I went there and my gremlin was there. And I went there and my trying to escape. And, and I say that as a nomad, 
and I, I think this is what happens when we want to change job or change partnership or change country or change friends or change whatever, that the thing that we're really trying to run away from is probably our own gremlin. And it's this thing of here I go and there I am again. I keep reading. There's a couple more paragraphs and then there's uh, one big experiment. Let's see. So a hungry gremlin has a modus operandi. It's a Latin word. This has a way of operating. He finds tiny shreds of evidence to amplify and validate his own or her own low drama stories. For example, dinner is five minutes late. You are so irresponsible. Or your shoe is untied. You are a disgrace to this family. You know, so this is the parent talking to the child. Or you, you, oh, you didn't apologize to me, therefore you do not care about our relationship. Or the flowers in the vase are dry. You don't actually love me. This is so amazing. <laughs> this is so amazing to discover what evidence, what shred of evidence we use to make a huge story world and then step into the story world and, and say, this is like this. It is like this. How can it be any different? You know, you really don't love me. You, you really don't appreciate me or you suffocate me or yeah, any, anything that would express being in, in a victim mode. And because if the gremlin can prove that it, it is a victim, a gremlin can prove it is a victim, then it, then it gets the license to shift role with the persecutor and it gets license to take revenge. Does that make any sense? This license to take revenge. So this is the main, this is one of the main game that a gremlin loves to do. Having proof that we've been victimized, therefore, and, and so therefore we can take revenge. And, you know, those things seem so obvious but I think it happens in such subtle ways too. And especially with people close to us. So it's, you know, it's something so quick as uh, you didn't, you know, somebody pours themselves water at the table and don't pour you water. And there's a passing thought of, again, again, he doesn't care or, or she doesn't care or anyway, I have to do everything myself or whatever the sentence is. And then, and really all of that happens unconsciously. And then when you're going to put your dishes away, you only take your dishes. You know, you didn't pour me water. I'm not going to take your dishes. And this is, you know, this is all happening uh, subtly under the conversation that is pretending to be civilized. You know, how was your day at work? Or what, what do you think about this? Or let's go on holiday. You know, this is, this is, what seems to be happening and really what is happening is all this little subtle revenge game at all different levels.
I, I'm often surprised that um, when I say something, then the next line is often what I already said. And this is called mimetic writing. It's because it has particular steps of how um, a new meme can be uh, offered. So I'm going to keep reading. So as soon as the gremlin has proof of being victimized, it licenses itself for revenge, switching into persecuting and rescuing for a low drama beast. I, I want to say sort of in terms of my journey with my own gremlin and also working with other people's gremlin and trainings and that often in the beginning of noticing gremlin or having the distinction gremlin, there's this freeze state of if everything is gremlin, then I cannot move anymore. And so, and it's having this super sharp radar of, I can't really laugh because everything that I find funny or make funny is actually my gremlin, uh, schadenfreude uh, coming out or, and, and it, it can look like a fanaticism of around gremlin. And and, and, and then there's a whole other world to discover about gremlin of you need your gremlin for your destiny and you need your gremlin for your relationship as a conscious uh, use of nonlinear possibilities because your gremlin has, uh, is, is your unlimited, unless source of nonlinear possibilities. However, you cannot really jump from the unconsciousness of the distinction to, oh, I'm going to use my gremlin consciously. It doesn't really work like that. I mean, we, I wish it was, but it, it, we need to go through this, you know, to dark, dark night of realizing how much pain we've made for ourselves and for the people that we love around us just by, because in our culture or in modern culture, that disti distinction doesn't exist and we've been never trained to notice it. When I, there's a, a trainer called Anne Schmidt, she lives in, in Switzerland and uh, I used to go to uh, trainings with her and she had two children while she was uh, discovering the world of possibility management and becoming a trainer. And, and her, her daughter knew the name of her own gremlin when she was two or three years old. So her daughter, and then, so, and and Schmidt, she could when her daughter was, you know, her gremlin was speaking. She could say, "Okay, who's speaking right now?" And her daughter would be, "Oh yeah, it's my gremlin." So, Anne Schmidt, when you know, as a parent, you cannot, um, your child doesn't have responsibility to be responsible about which parts is speaking. This is would be putting too much responsibility on the child, but the distinction can already be there. But, and the parent would be the one uh, making it clear. So as a parent, you don't have expectation that your three-year-old child would know or would not have their gremlin speak, but you can still make that clear. And what's, which is amazing is that her daughter, a few years later, 
when Anit told that story that when she sometimes went into Gremlin, when Annie went into Gremlin, her daughter would say, I want to talk to mama. So her daughter already knew, could, could feel that experiential distinction. And, and then as a parent, it's like, then it's feedback, you know, ah, oh, and, and, and it, yeah. So that's what's possible in terms of uh, next culture or, I don't know, child raising or, yeah. So we, we start with, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years of not having that distinction, which is a lot of habits and crystallization. Okay, there's a couple more paragraphs. So when your gremlin is full, when your gremlin has been fed enough, is full, he or she falls back to sleep. Then another of your box identity takes over, takes over and wonders what all that fuss was about. Why is intimacy scarce in your relationship? Why are there broken dishes, increased debt, scabs on your knuckles, kid, kids who shrink away in fear or shame, a hangover, unreached goals, unfulfilled dreams and so many beers and wine bottles in your recycle bin. So I, has any of you ever sort of woke up and be like, what, how, how is it like this? Woke up after a gremlin feast and yeah. And then, uh, yeah, anyway. The box, my box identity who would often come after a gremlin feast would be this nice girl trying to fix everything. So how many people have this, let's try to fix it box? Yeah. Which is an insane, it's for people around when you think about it's, it's sort of this, at an extreme, it's sort of this fight and fuck. So let's fight and then let's fuck to make up. So th that's the extreme part. And then the other you know, at a lesser level is, let's try to make everything nice and, and, and it's, it's crazy making. So gremlin, let me see, okay. Gremlin typically uses reaction hardened words to detect incompetence, teaches, teach someone a lesson, set someone straight, establish logic or bring someone into alignment with reality. No matter how well justified your gremlin story is, no learning step, which means no learning step for yourself or you know, for others in terms of offering possibilities or a new option. So either for yourself or others, or as a you know, community of the entire world, no learning step will take place. Because during gremlin feeding, neither learning nor becoming more aware is or are on, grum on the gremlin's agenda. And you know, this is sort of a declaration to say learning or becoming more aware is not on Grumman's agenda. It's a declaration. 
And the offer is check it out for yourself. Check it out if it really happens. Tatiana. Yeah, I, I'm uh, not totally clear about this. Um, when I have my gremlin feeding day, which was yesterday, um, I also had some learning. So probably I have a wrong idea about um, that on my gremlin day, it would be all gremlin, but maybe if I feed my gremlin consciously, it's not that my gremlin is the boss. I don't know. I'm not so clear about this. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. I think Pontus, is that something might, for Tatiana? Yeah, I might have a... Yeah, yeah go ahead. ...ability for that. Uh, so uh, CEO of Coca-Cola, McDonald's, uh, Google, they're master in learning. They're, learn they're consuming book after book. But what I see them is that they're still being driven by a very strong gremlin. I didn't get the first part with McDonald's. Um, uh, so um, people in, in important positions, politicians or filmmakers or uh, CEOs, okay. mm -hmm. they're masters in learning. Yes, yes, yes. But they're also masters of ignoring their gremlin. Mm -hmm. like so, so learning is not, there are different kinds of learning. Yes, you can learn stuff and you can and your gremlin is still in charge or uh, the mm -hmm. other kind of learning is the kind of awareness that puts the gremlin in place and that's the kind of learning the gremlin avoids if that makes sense yes okay yeah I, so it's about yeah different kinds of learning um yeah i think the learning that we're or that is talked about here is transformational learning or aware, awareness growth. Yeah. This is, and so I think that's what you said about there's, it's unconscious feeding or conscious feeding. So conscious feeding is a practice and practice builds matrix mm -hmm. and matrix builds awareness. So in that sense, that the part of the conscious feeding builds awareness. And, you know, I don't know what you feed your gremlin, but in terms of, uh, you know, uh, TV shows or food or chocolate or uh, gossiping or in, in, that, uh, in that food, there is no awareness growing. In the, in, the in the conscious practice of feeding your gremlin, there is. But in the food itself, there is no. Yes. And then when so, the feeding is unconscious, then definitely there is not even any practice in that. Yes, I, I could say something, uh, my experience with that, if it's... Go ahead. Yeah, it, this is it. Yeah. So, so I was feeding my gremlin uh, mainly with real food to eat, um, chocolate and stuff like that, the whole day. And I was visiting friends and the, the husband of my friend, he is um, uh, 
I, I was able to see much clearer that he is um, very much in his Kremlin the whole time. And I couldn't see that before when I met him, I don't know, some months ago. And yesterday I had the impression by consciously feeding my Kremlin and being more aware of my Kremlin part, I could see better his Kremlin. And, and then I was... Um, which was very important to me. I, I got the impression that my fear got less because I experience a lot of fear of other people and I'm always going into a very weak position and I'm scared to speak up and so on. And then I, I felt, I felt so, Tatiana, more strong. Would you say the last thing using your different parts because you've used i i i and it's all different parts <laughs> okay yeah that's um the last part about being scared of meeting people so which eye is that yeah that's a child part okay i would say Okay, so would you say it again, saying my child part? My child part is scared um, to speak up and scared of other people. And therefore my gremlin? What does your gremlin do? Um, my gremlin usually makes me small or to draw back or yeah make me un um not dangerous um harmless yeah and nice and or yeah. confused uh, there are many strategies yeah yeah you probably yes. have two channels so channel 1 is playing small withdrawing uh, not being nice, not dangerous. And so channel two is confusion, you were saying. Yeah, I, I have the impression the two channels, there's, it's just the survival thing with, um, um, I don't know the English words right now. Trying German. Um, to withdraw. Yeah, withdraw. To, to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Who was laughing? Who was the part that was laughing right now? Yeah, that was us. That was the. I noticed that. Um. Um, but I'm not so clear about those parts yet. That's well. This um, is this is the moment of the clarity. So check it out. Which part is yes, it? Yes, yes. Um, for me, it's just insecurity feeling um, emotion. There's four. There's four emotion. 
Anger, sadness, fear, and joy. Which one is insecurity? Um, it's fear and fear and um, it's at the same time right now the confusion is running you know that's a strategy I, so I don't know the and, and, and I'm and an emotion comes up <laughs> Which one is that one? Anger, sadness, fear, or joy? This sadness and yeah. fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you say, I feel sad because? I feel sad because I'm still using this strategy to, to hide myself and I don't want this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm scared to lose control, to to vanish or to be nobody. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I want to give you a... Yes. You can, you can close your eyes or have your eyes open. I want to give you a reference point that mm-hmm. it seems to me the confusion that you have comes from looking for your clarity in your head instead of your feelings. And so, okay, and the moment you sank down into your heart, then it was, you could navigate so clearly. I feel sad and because of this, and I feel scared because of this. Yeah. It's even more sad because I know that, and it's, this mechanism is so, so strong, and it's like 99%, maybe 95% of my life is run by, it's always going into my head and, and it grabs all, all my, my attempts to change something. And it's sometimes, yes. And, and on the other side, I, it's, I have to, I want to I don't see another possibility I, I I have to come back out of the head all the time I would say instead of trying to <sighs> yes. leave your head you know some people try to leave their head and they're trying to do it with their thinking they're trying to think yeah. themselves out of their head okay it seems like it hasn't really worked so well. So it's just about sinking down into your heart and checking. Okay, am I feeling anger, sadness, fear, or joy? And 
And even the invitation is, I'm feeling all four. I'm feeling all four. So right now, would you check, what are you angry about? That I'm still at this point after so many years. I hate this. Comes, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm angry. Yeah. That I'm so slow and Okay, and is this a feeling or is this an emotion? It's, I feel angry because emotion. I'm so slow. Yeah. How many people have something similar of I, having an emotion about being slow or stupid or not fast enough or... Okay, this has been, you know, often it comes from school. This comes from school. So stupid. Yeah. And so please put this emotion down in your beat book and, and you can find anybody here and you can say, if you hold space for me, then I will hold space for you to go through this emotion of the story. I am too slow. I am not fast enough. I'm stuck at the same point. Um, Like, um, did Martina also raise, did you raise your hand right now for me as a possibility? I raised my head when Anne-Chloe was asking if anybody knows this experience of um, being okay. fast enough. And so, but what is... So I, I think I, I would have to ask first if somebody here, would somebody of you hold space for me to go I would through hold that. Space for you. I would hold space for you, but only today. Uh, oh, yes, okay. May, we can check it out later. Okay. If, if, are you in the WhatsApp group? Then I find your number in the I write Facebook. my number in the chat. I write you my yeah. number in the chat. Could I assist? Thank you. Could, yes. could I assist Tatiana and Martina? For me, yes. Um, I, who is talking? Ingrid. I don't see Ingrid. it right now. Ingrid, yes, sure, sure, of course. Okay, yes. thank you. Please, go ahead. And Pontus also uh, had his hand up if you, I don't know if you can actually see people. No, it's sometimes frozen because my internet is so slow. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Martina, thank you. Can, can, could you write also your email address because uh, I have no cell phone? Nope. So it was Martina Ingrid Pontus and yeah, that's it. Cool. And I get in contact with you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs> And I also want to give you a different, uh, another reference point is that, you know, usually you said your box has this thing of being afraid of being in contact with people. And then you have so gremlin channel one is withdrawing and being confused. And, and then you have channel two, which is attacking. Okay. 
And right now you just ask for people to hold space for you, which is, it's, a, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You've made yourself dangerous and visible. And you didn't go into confusion and you didn't go into attack. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is one of the way out. You've just discovered one way out of channel one, channel two. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anybody else, anything before I jump into the experiment or we jump into the experiment? Yeah, I, um, yes. Um, um, th- these percentages of like when we're counting the percentage of feeling fear or anger, I'm also kind of like wondering if sometimes we're run by a certain, uh, like in a moment we can be run by a certain amount of gremlin and a certain amount of other parts. Uh, if I ask myself, what responsibility am I avoiding in this moment? I can kind of track that I'm in this call, actually avoiding a couple of other important things to do. So in a sense, that is feeding my gremlin. And yet I'm on this call because I'm also feeding another part of my being. So it's like, yeah, I'm, thinking that sometimes it's not 100% gremlin and 100% authentic being. I think it's worth researching. If you, it seems like you're researching in terms of in yourself about which part wants what and and, and whatever I'm doing right now feeds this part and feeds this part. I, I've done my own research about, or I didn't put it in those words, but when you, when you said it, I sort of done a, a similar research. And it has to do with purpose and purpose and um, there's an invitation from uh, Gurdjieff. Do you know, it's a, he's an Armenian teacher to have um, an integrity in your identities, to have integrity from your identities. So he did not have the distinction gremlin, but it's how can you have most of your identities come together under a same integrity? And have, yeah, that's the best way I can explain it. And so this question of, yeah, but my gremlin would want to do this and my being would want to do this. And therefore I have conflicting purposes. And therefore in me, there's 50% being and 50% gremlin. Then you have um, misintegrity or disintegrity between your parts to the point that I think it can drive somebody crazy in terms of, choosing and and what i i just want to say that 
what I've discovered is that I can the part maybe maybe it's that maybe it's about majority vote about which part has majority vote and then I would align my different part with that purpose so that my how can I also feed my gremlin consciously in this call hmm. or yeah so, something like that Wait, I want to hear Pontus first and then he, it seems like Pontus, you want to say something and then Natalia. Yeah, I, yeah, I am kind of researching this or, or just observing what's going on. Yesterday I was in full blown victim role underworld, snorkeling in my underworld mm -hmm. and and there was still a few percent of me you know, like this doesn't really make sense. And, and those few percents went like, there's something, there's something that doesn't add up. And I reached out and got more clarity around it. But, but yesterday morning was just hell. Like it, it, I felt miserable and there was just these few little percents of maybe like the snorkel coming coming out of the water sipping for air uh, that was the only thing which was above the the water or the the hell world and and yeah yeah I, nothing more to that mm -hmm. yeah thank you Natalia, do you want to say something? I wanted to ask you if you could write the name of that teacher. Oh, yeah. I, to, to the best of how I can spell it. Yeah, that should be fine. Thank you. Um, I, I think that's his name. And Meeting with Remarkable Men is both a book and a movie. I've seen the movie and it's a really, yeah, transformational movie, really intense. And In Search of the Miraculous is written by one of his students, uh, Uspedensky. I think like this. And that's also very intense, the In Search of the Miraculous. It's really big. I think it's 600 pages or 700 pages. And it's, it could be also worth um, reading in a book club, I think, instead of having a study group, if that's anything that turns you on. And I found In Search of the Miraculous a PDF for free on, online, so you, you can check it out like that without buying a book. And... Um, you, you, you might notice if you look into other work uh, like Werner Ehart and uh, Gurdjieff is that uh, Clinton has studied with them or, or worked with Werner Ehart and Lee Lozowick who was working also with Werner Ehart. So some of the distinction has, have been uh, flowing from other works. So other people have done research and, and so it's, it's 
sometimes interesting to check out other works and see, ah, okay, this is, this has been the origin or the research happening there. Okay, we have about 40 minutes and um, I want to try to read the, the experiment is about five pages or five paragraph long. So I'll try to read through it and then we can go, we can go through it. We can do it now. So experiment number one, having, having a gremlin is not a human, human design error. In fact, gremlin qualities and behavior may be the central reason you survived your childhood. In that sense, you can also be very grateful and appreciative of your gremlin without um, trying to kill it because you can have this appreciation of you survived because of him or her. So, but beginning around age 15, your boxing gremlin are ready to shift purpose from defensive, which means to protect themselves in, with the reason of protecting you, from defensive mode to expensive mode through formidable adulthood initiatory processes. An initiated man or woman navigates life with their alert, empowered, conscious gremlin sitting collaboratively beside them on a short chain, ready to obey instruction for creating high drama. I'm give you, I'll give you an example of uh, if uh, your box is the nice girl, nice boy, timid, uh, trying to play small, try to play not dangerous, then your gremlin has the ability because your gremlin can destroy any space and, and um, yeah, can destroy any space at any time for no reason. So then your gremlin, you can put your gremlin or ask your gremlin to say, okay, I need to talk to this uh, billionaire guy or, or teacher guy or um, this person who has a bigger gremlin than, than me because I need to learn something from them or I need to collaborate with them or I need, you know, or I, whatever. And so that's your box cannot talk to that person because your box is shy and, and a nice, a nice person, but your gremlin can definitely start a conversation, a non-linear conversation with that person. So this is what we're talking about in terms of using your gremlin for high drama food instead of low drama food. But if, if and when you don't see your gremlin sitting beside you, guess who is running your life? So until you can detect your gremlin, call him by his or her name. My gremlin is named Christopher. Tell him to sit. Any discussion about how to use your gremlin for creating high drama is useless. So this is what I was saying before. Even, through, even though consciously using gremlin for making high drama, is central to the free and natural adult ego state. So I, I just want to put something in here about sometimes it seems like possibility management creates really boring people because everybody's so serious. And if you've ever been in a circle of possibility management, everybody sits on their chair with their two hands on their, on their legs, two feet on the floor. And most people are not smiling because they've learned that their box was a smiling box just to make other people uh, like them. So most people are not smiling and 
we all listen when other people speak and we say thank you and and it, it can look kind of really crazy and serious and we are working towards this natural and free adult which has the ability to 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 play and have high you know high level fun and make messes in the sense of uh making responsible messes so a child would make a mess a child would write all over the 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 walls or would uh eat their food and put food all over themselves and that's the kind of child mess you know or or a uh, playing victim is also a child mess and uh saying i'm not good enough is also all this uh, all those are child messes and adult messes is uh, let me go into my company and propose that we work into a, in a circle instead of a hierarchy. And let's see how much we can play in a circle. Let's see if I can create my own country. Independent from uh, the, German the German government, the Swedish government, the French government, the Canadian government, you know, disregarding that. Um, uh, let me see if uh, I can create a currency that does not uh, promote psychopath uh, having the power in, in this currency. For example, having a currency that's about distinction. So the currency is awareness. You know, how do I create a world like that? How do I create um, circles where people can mo more and more play full out in their own aliveness and cre creation power and uh do what they, turns them on or, or on and on and on so those are adult what i would call adult messes because they don't um they're they go in friction with the main the main field so most people would be freaked out by it or annoyed by it or angry about it or whatever okay so gremlin is necessary is uh what was the word totally central to the free and natural ego state and where possibility management begins in earnest as the stunned pilot trainer tell her eager young student first we begin with level flight so we are beginning with level flight in this case in this case level flight means self-observation noticing what your gremlin is up to by using your being to neutrally observe your box. So I think this is what you were doing, uh, Pontus, yesterday. There was part of your being that was not um, subdued or, or, or enthralled, let's say, in, into your box reaction. Your, part of your being could still breathe, like you said, out of the snorkel. To begin self-observation, use your intention to split 20% truck of your attention. Later with practice, that can decrease to 5%. Extend your attention out being the edges of your box, like looking through a pair of neutral, non-judgmental eyes, okay? This is not the self-critic observation. That is still your box and your gremlin. So, you, you split part of your attention and you put it outside beyond the edge of, edges of your box, like a, a, a telescope or something, like an eye, 
turn them around to look back at your box and observe in present time what happens. Detect which I is speaking. Notice what its purpose is. Most importantly, make no story about it. So this is the experiment. I still want to read the couple paragraphs. You already have built-in capacity to split your attention unconsciously. For example, you may be walking to a store in the mall, chewing, chewing gum, listening to MP3 or Spotify, speaking, thinking about your plans, seeing if any guys or chicks are checking you out or checking them out. All the while window shopping, you split your attention six different ways, mostly unconsciously. All we are talking about here is adding more distinct, oh, sorry, adding one more dimension to your attention splitting, which is to simultaneously but neutrally observe what your gremlin is up to. Neutral observation builds matrix. More matrix holds more consciousness. Sooner or later, your behavior changes all by itself. So this is a, a secret, a magical secret that most self-help book don't know about is that positive thinking or trying to manipulate yourself by thinking, for example, that gremlin is bad, trying to not use gremlin by either positive thinking or thinking that gremlin is bad actually does not work. Because the moment your gremlin is hungry, it will just make you unconscious and it will feed. However, if you put your, the split your attention, observe yourself, you will build matrix that will allow you to have this experiential sensation of when your gremlin comes up and then you get to have a choice. And this is really all what we are building towards, your capacity to have a choice. And then, and then you get to choose whether am I going to let my gremlin being unleashed now or am I not? And, and that transformation happens by reflex. The more we build matrix, the more consciousness, it's like a, it's like a fishnet, you know, a fishnet. If the, the, the holes in the fishnets are really big, then a lot of fish are going to go through and you will not catch them. The, the tighter you make your fishnet, the more fish you're going to catch. So it's the same for matrix. This is, let's say, this is a uh, level, level flight of like beginning matrix. So a lot of the consciousness that could be caught goes through. And the more distinction and practice you're having, the more consciousness you, you, you catch. And, and then transformation happens by reflex. You don't have to do anything for transformation, just build matrix. During proper self-observation, there are no voices running in your head. The attention only observe without opinion, self-judgment, self-criticism, self-hatred, self-praise, and without inner comparison to some perfect image of who you should be or who somebody else thinks you should be to be a good person or a good daughter or a good son or a good husband or a good practitioner or 
anything in that regard. In proper self-observation, there is no pain. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I would say there is. There will be feelings. There might be feelings. This experiment is to begin er, is to begin earnest development in self-observation muscle. See how long you can stay aware of what you are aware of, which is called being in the waking state instead of being in the sleeping state of the zombie. That was supposed to be a zombie. Okay. <laughs> so we have about half an hour and I would uh, split in pairs and practice. There would be one person holding space and the other person uh, doing the experiment of splitting your attention, putting it outside the edges of your box, turning it back onto you into a neutral self-observation and, and, and check what is coming up. So, and, and distinguish, you can start noticing the parts. And you can say, okay, this is my gremlin and it's this part of my gremlin. And the, and the channel it would wanna be using is channel one. Or anyway, so you get to, you get to know yourselves. That would be the experiment. Any questions before we? Yes. Can you yeah. can you explain for very short what yeah. the two channels are? I didn't quite get that. Yes. <clears throat> we are sometimes confused because we think we know our gremlin, and actually we only know one channel. So, if you checked in, Martina, what would you say? Your, grem your favorite gremlin channel is? Like what is its usual reaction when you feel, when your box feels threatened? I'm okay to say I'm okay. So your gremlin says I'm okay and what? Um, yeah, it's, the, it's this, um, it's this uh, saying, um, I don't need nothing. I don't need nobody. I'm okay. I'm all right. My my life is okay. Yeah, and and whatever they're saying is irrelevant. Is that part of it or? No, it's no. That's not so. If there's somebody who really wants to see behind that mask, then it's changing. I'm talking when your gremlin, when your box feels threatened and your gremlin reacts in a certain way to protect your box. Mm -hmm. What is, so, and you said the, the channel is, or the, the first reaction is, I'm okay, I don't need anybody. So it's, sort of, it's isolation, mm -hmm. right? Isolation and, and it's cut, the separation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this would be your channel one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's sort of similar to Ingrid. Ingrid's channel. Channel mm -hmm. one is also that. Okay. Have you ever noticed your gremlin also attacking? Yes. Defending yourself. Try to prove the other person's wrong. Yeah. So I've I've noticed that, for example, in the 
in the conversation we had with Habet and I mm -hmm. in the cafe, you were yeah. trying to prove Habet wrong. Okay, actually it was your gremlin. It's an it's a aggressive um, coming out of I'm better than you, I know better. Yes. Yeah. Channel two. Okay. Yeah. And so people often are confused because they think they only have one channel and the other channel is them or it's, you know, or it's, it's really, um, my anger is justified, especially when we start doing uh, feelings work and there's this whole part of reclaiming your anger. But often the gremlin owns the anger in channel two. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Pontus. That's, yeah, that was a part of the spark. Cool. Okay. Oh, God, I'm trying to break out rooms. I have a question. Yeah. Are we, so uh, we're observing in the moment or we're speaking from past observation? My proposal is that when you're going to start observing your box, your box is going to start freaking out and you're going to start noticing what is the mechanism when your box is quote unquote freaking out. And then, and then your gremlin will come out and then you can, and then you can say, okay, this is this part of my gremlin. If it doesn't work at all, if you can't notice anything right now, you can also go into the past. But the point of the self-observation is about now, is this present time now. So that would be the best. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Stephanie, would you, there's gonna be an invitation for you to go in a breakout room and you just click later. So you stay with me. I need to use the bathroom. I'll be back in about a minute. Yeah, sure. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. 
No. I think she sends only one message. Uh -huh. We are back in the main room for those of you who have your eyes closed. Okay. We have about five minutes and I'd like to hear if any of you has discovered anything that you'd like to share with everybody. Yeah, Tatiana. For me, it was an explosion of parts at the same time and all, all the contrary and, I don't know, parts are doing its things at the same time. And it, and it also was confusing, which is one part. And, and it was interesting and scary. I, I really felt emotions and fear and... It's a great exercise for me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Barbara or Natalia? Go ahead, Natalia. I want to share that when I was doing that exercise, my gremlin, my gremlin was just showing its first channel, second channel, and I finally consciously address that, that the biggest fun and the biggest goal for my gremlin in order to defend the box is to take my identity. And that's the, the biggest game that goes on. So there are several plays and then the main one, that the game goes on until my gremlin makes me believe that I'm the gremlin. So I don't see the gremlin play any longer. And I can go into low drama and feel kind of like it's truly, like it's true to myself because I become the gremlin. And that's how it's defending the box. That's the highest stake. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else from anybody else? Yeah, go ahead, Barbara. You're muted, I think. I get that always wrong. <laughs> I want to thank my partner and I had a deep experience of, yeah, I think all my gremlins. <laughs> I, um, but, the, yeah, I experienced very strongly the, the way I, I try to cope. And I did get the message that um, it would be good just to give time. I got the message of, of, you know, having gentleness and time with myself and with others. That was the, um, very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say one thing about what you said, Barbara. I've met my gremlins. Mm -hmm. And I, 
the gremlin is very sly in terms of also making us believe um, anything that would protect him, anything we wouldn't have clarity about him or her. Mm-hmm. So you only have one gremlin and it only has one name and it, it rules over those different parts of you. Mm-hmm. So you can say my, my parts and you only have one gremlin because you know, if you had to fight or if you had to put on a leash a hundred gremlins, then it's so easy to give up. You know, and that's what your gremlin wants until it's initiated, that you give up on actually having clarity about it and, and, and tell him, you know, this is your name and you sit. Mm-hmm. It's like Rumpelstiltskin. The moment you know its name, you got him. Mm-hmm. And until you know its name, he owns you or she owns you. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Stephanie, you wanted to add, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to thank you and Chloe for that was really helpful. And I noticed um, when you said that my, or the, my, my gremlin strategy is, is to give my center away and that I don't really know what it means to have my center. And that's something that I discovered the days before. And I don't know who of you is in that WhatsApp study group of Clinton's book, but I was asking some questions about this as well, like how to distinguish and how, how do I know, like when do I have the center or when do I not have it and how do I give it away and how do I take it back? And I'm still not clear about this, but it's definitely something I want to explore more. So, and it was interesting then to see that now in this experiment, we're kind of hitting on the same point and ending up in the same place that I was already yeah, thinking about before. So thank you for this and the clarity. I want to give a, 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 a metaphor. Uh, thank you first for sharing. You're a gardener, right, Stephanie? Part, you work in gardens. Yeah, partially. I do a lot of things, but it's a part of it, yeah. Yeah. So when you look at a garden, you know, you, you, you have the experience of whether it's healthy or it's not healthy. It has, needs water or it doesn't need water. So it's an experience. You know, you could give reasons. See, this leaf is like this, or this flower is like this, or this vegetable is like this. And it's an experience. Because you've worked enough to build the distinction between a healthy garden and a non-healthy garden. This experience of having your center, keeping your center, being centered or not having your center is something similar to that in terms of an experience. And the same way you've worked a lot in gardens to have the clarity about gardens, it will be the same path about centering. It's really the same path. So it's, it doesn't happen, you know, the garden doesn't happen in your head. And it's the same thing. The centering does not happen in understanding it. It happens in practicing it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Next week, I will be with Leon and Maria, I think, in an amazing space called Expand the Box. This is a practice, practice Expand the Box for a trainer called Habet Abgamikel. And yes, this is a big milestone in the path of becoming a trainer. And so Leon and Maria are here to, or will be there. And I will be there also to support Habet to go through that milestone and also go through liquid state with her. 
So I'll post what I said in the beginning uh, in the in the weekly in the Facebook group, and then maybe I can ask right now who who would like to hold space next week, Saturday, ten to twelve. I cannot. Okay. I have to work. Okay then, I will ask in the group, and I'll. Uh, try to make sure that somebody is space holding and making this offer to always ask for the next space holder. Mm. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank Bye. You. <laughs> Thank you, Aunt Chloe and Thank everybody. You. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. 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 -bye. <laughs>